Turn with me to Romans 8. And let's continue in our study this morning. Romans the 8th chapter. We've been talking about the Spirit-led life. The Spirit-led life. This is some instruction that I'm following from the Lord. He gave me three things to teach in the church initially. And this is the third, the third of the three. We've done the, the prior two. Not all there is to be done, but some. The Lord dealt with me, teach the people about love, how to love each other, how to walk in love. And we camped on that for months. And then the Lord said, uh, teach the people about faith, how to walk in faith. We camped on that for months. Teach the people how to be led by the Spirit. We've been on that now for some time. We're going to continue with that. Romans 8, our golden text for this study, and the 14th verse. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's a wealth of understanding in these phrases. Can sons of God, and of course you understand when it says sons of God, that refers to both male and female. Sons of God. And he uses two different words. He uses the word sons here. In verse 16 he uses the word children. And there are different words in the Greek. The word son, as you might think, why wouldn't you say the word child there? Because he's not talking about children. He's talking about maturing ones. And a big part of you and I growing up spiritually is us learning how to be led by the Spirit. Instead of led by our flesh. You show me someone who's maturing in the Lord. I'll show you someone who's growing in love. Growing in faith. Growing in being led by the Spirit. And I didn't, I didn't see this connection when I first started out this way. But you remember the Lord told us. He said I'm growing this church up quickly. And he gives us these three things right off the bat doesn't he. How many believe if we're growing up in love. And we're growing in faith. And we're growing in being led by the Spirit. We will be growing up. Amen. Amen. No longer babies. Tossed about. Carried about. Carried around with every wind of doctrine. Everything that somebody comes up with. Every new thing. I'm believing that you're going to be stable. Amen. You're going to become stronger. And stronger. And you're not going to be easily misled. Or easily deceived. I'd like to think. That you could be at the place. Shortly. That even if I went crazy. You'd be solid. Did you hear me? And this thing wouldn't just be built on me. Built on the word. Did you hear me? Well, I'm not planning on going crazy. But do you understand what I'm talking about? You you see a lot of people, if the pastor does something dumb, 
you know, lies or steals or cheats or has affairs or whatever, that you see people that just, I mean, are so flabbergasted and so taken aback that they quit serving God. They quit praying. They don't go to church anywhere else. They just quit. They just get out. Well, friend, just because a man failed you doesn't mean God failed you. People can let you down. You ought to know that. Hmm? You ought not fall off your chair because a man or woman missed it and let you down. That shouldn't be a great shock in life to you. The closest people to you could let you down. Doesn't have to, but they could. But God will never fail you. The Lord will never let you down. Never. Amen. And everything you learn in this book, everything you learn in the Spirit is with you and will work for you and will do you good and hold you up all your life. No matter where you are, no matter who you're around, this works. This works. Amen. And you're not going to hear me come in here every other week and teach against Stuff are against what somebody is saying or doing. I'm believing you're getting to the place where you can discern for yourself. Did you hear me? I'm not going to preach against other ministers and ministries and churches. I mean, what if they're teaching error? Well, what if they are? For one thing, all of us have made mistakes. But I'm believing that you're coming to the place where you can discern. If you're full of the truth, if you're full of faith, if you're full of love, if you know how to hear from God and be led by the Spirit, you won't have to wait for me to tell you. And I'm not going to be with you night and day. I'm not, I'm not going to be at your house at three in the morning when something a phone call comes and it's a, it's a situation that you've got to deal with. We can help in different ways, but nobody's going to be there in every moment. And even if they are, uh, they're not going to know what to tell you unless they hear from God. And you can go straight to the source yourself. Hear from God yourself. I'm glad about it. We're not going to have a church just full of babies. We're always going to have some babies. We're going to people getting born again. Right? People got saved two weeks ago. People got saved last month. Always going to have some babies, but a lot of you guys been saved for a while. You've been around in the things of God for years. Some of you, decades. You shouldn't be in the spiritual crib. Crying. Wanting attention for this or for that. You should be assisting us in taking care of those who truly are babies. Right? And you've been doing it. Amen. And I'm glad about that. Phyllis, is, I concur with her and agree. She's talking about uh, so many people have stepped up to the plate and been there and helped in these situations. You are doing well. And we'll just do much better. Keep reading in verse 16. The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, Himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit bears witness with what part of our being? Not our mind. 
Not our emotions, not our feelings, not our intellect, not our reasoning, but our what? Our spirit. Can sons and daughters of God expect to be led by the Spirit today? Let me just remind you, we we read the book of Acts not long ago. Here at Faith Life Church, we always read our chapter every day. Is that right? Now, if you haven't been reading with us, or if you've backslid and got behind, that's all right. Don't, Don't even feel like you have to catch everything up. Just start with us on Monday. Where are we on Monday? 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Everybody clear on that? Monday, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we read one chapter every day. We don't wait till the end of the week and read all five. We don't read all five the first uh, uh, of the week. Somebody said, why do you keep going over this like this? Because not everybody's doing it. <laughs> and because everybody should. I said, well, I've read the Bible before. Don't even say that. You'll show how ignorant you are. (laughs) You've eaten food before, too. If you've got any sense, you'll eat again. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you'll find that the people (laughs) that, that think they know the most about the Bible are the most ignorant of the Scripture. Because if you read the word regularly, you're all the time seeing things you don't yet understand. Helps keep you humble. But when you never read it, you get to thinking you know so much. So don't do that. Read your scripture. Monday, 2 Corinthians 2. Read your chapter every day. And and don't even try to say you don't have time. If you don't have time for your Bible... You're in a bad way. So no, read your scripture. It'll feed your spirit. It'll feed your faith. And we read the book of Acts. And listen in the book of Acts. This is just a sampling of the uh, phrases that you'll see about the Holy Spirit leading people in the book of Acts. We're part of the same church that they are. The Bible said in Acts 8, said the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Chapter 10. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Three men seek thee. Chapter 11, explaining his his trip to the council. He said, The Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Chapter 13. A bunch of ministers were gathered together, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. In chapter 15 it said it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to do certain things. Chapter 16 says they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia they essayed to go to Bithynia but the Spirit suffered them not. Do you hear this language? The Spirit said. The Spirit said. Seemed good to the Holy Ghost. He forbade them. Was the Spirit's leading real to them? Very real. Is His leading to be just as real to us? Or has this changed? Has this passed away? Has it been replaced with something different? Certainly not. Certainly not. Well, there's others, but I, I won't go through them. But sons of God should expect 
to be led, directed, guided by the Spirit of God today. How many believe that just like it said, the Spirit said to them, uh, the Spirit directed them, that that can be you today, the Spirit said to me. The Spirit directed me. The Spirit forbade me. The Spirit compelled me. It seemed good to the Spirit. Why shouldn't we be using language like this? Hmm? We should be, shouldn't we? You know, one person was saying some years ago, they said, uh, all these people talking about God told me this. God told me that. All these people hearing from God, that bothers me. This other person said, well, I tell you what bothers me is all these people who never hear from God. (laughs) Well, granted, there are some folk who are always saying God said this and God said that, and it wasn't God. It was just them. But can we hear from God today? Can children of God be led, sons of God, be led by the Spirit of God? Can His leading be as real to us? As to these people in the book of Acts we read about, we're part of the same church. Got the same spirit, same rights and privileges. Can you say amen? Amen. Now I know that some of this sounds redundant and simplistic to you, but I'm not endeavoring to get it into your head. It's your heart. That it get real to you inside your spirit. And how will you know when it is? You'll begin to get excited. Because the Spirit's leading will be real to you. Just as real to you as the person sitting beside you or in front of you and more real. He's inside you. And He knows everything. About everything. He knows the future. Isn't it written? He'll show you things to come. He'll lead you. He'll guide you into all truth. The things the Lord said to you, He'll bring to your remembrance. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. I don't know what I'd do without Him, except fail. I've become accustomed to relying on Him and depending on Him. Wouldn't go back to the old way for any amount of money or anything. Oh, I, I, I look to Him every day, every morning. One of the first things I do, check with Him. Check with Him. As you're doing anything, check with Him. Check with him. Lord, show me. Is there something I'm not seeing? Is there something I'm not getting? Is there something I need to see differently? He knows. And he's in you. And he communicates with you through what part of your being? Your spirit. Now, let's establish this one more time. Can we hear from God today through his spirit? Would it be just a scriptural for us to say, the spirit said to us? Or the spirit directed us? Yes. Now here's the big question next. How does he do it? How does he lead us? How do we hear from him? That's a big question. We've talked about this some last week about the witness. I want to talk more about that today. Everybody say the witness. What does verse 16 say? The spirit himself does what? bears witness, we've already gone into some detail, that literally means a co-witness, co-witness, witnessing with. There's somebody inside you, beside you. Right? 
And you can get something in your spirit and that's you. But the Holy Ghost can confirm that. And there's an additional something in you besides your own spirit. Someone. And this co-witness, this witnessing with. You know, so many times when I'm making a decision. Use your head. You know, God gave you a head to use. Use it. Find out what you can. A lot of times I'll do some research. I'll try to find out what's available, what's out there. But, you know, you can never know everything. You can never know enough to just make the best decision based totally on your knowledge. But as I'm looking at different options, we could do this. We could get this one. We could buy this. We could go this way. I look at it. They tell me this one's better than that one. They tell me this one will do this one and this one will do that. But all the while I'm looking and using my head, I'm checking in here to see what I get a witness about. This one might look superior to my head, but as I'm checking my heart, I don't have anything. Do you know what I mean by that? I don't have anything in addition to my own spirit, my own, my own thinking either. I don't have any. There, there's nothing. That's the thing you don't move on. Are you with me? You keep looking. You keep expecting. And, and, and you're in faith expecting that I will know. So you look. And sometimes people say, well, you can only do this. Or you can do this. And you got to do it now. But I, had, I didn't have a witness. So I didn't do either one. You know, the devil will try to make you choose between two wrong choices. Amen. Well, you got to do this. Or you got to do that. What are you going to do? But the Holy Ghost knows that there's not just an A and a B, there's a C and a D and an L. <laughs> just because men don't know it doesn't mean there's not another way or there's not the right thing. And when you see the right thing or you hear the right thing, there's a witness. Something else inside you comes up, you go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not a knowledge, but a knowing, a sense inward knowing now go with me to first corinthians please and let's talk more about the witness i endeavored to get to this previously and we we didn't we spent all our time talking about being rain trained you remember that rain trained but in first corinthians the second chapter are you believing with me this morning Please do. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. Well, back up to verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has what? Revealed them unto us. By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the what? The spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world... But the Spirit which is of God that we might know 
the things that are freely given to us of God? No. I think one area where people miss it sometimes, learning how to be led, is they put too much emphasis on the concept of voices. Voices. And we use this terminology about hearing the voice of God. Well, I know when I first started uh, drawing closer to the Lord and seeking Him for His plan for my life, being carnal, you gravitate to the natural. And uh, I knew something was going on in my heart, and the Lord wanted me to know something or do something, but I wasn't getting it. Had not a clue that He wanted me to be a preacher. That hadn't crossed my mind. But I, I sometimes would find me out in the, uh, in the woods. I grew up in the country. Sometimes I couldn't sleep. I had several things. I about had my hot rod finished. I had a good dog and a good pickup. I had a pretty wife. I had a pretty good position in the community. What I was doing should have been happy, but was just got miserable on the inside. How many know if you're not doing the will of God, nothing else is going to work and fit? And I thank God he didn't just leave me there satisfied without doing his will. One way you can tell that you're not in the perfect will of God is you'll have this dissatisfaction in your spirit. And a lot of times people will get disgruntled and be hard to live with. And it's not because the other people's fault. It's because these people are not in the perfect will of God. And they want to blame it on somebody else. We're having fun this morning, aren't we? <laughs> now, if you think, you think I'm talking to you, realize it's not me. It's the Lord. And I may not know anything about what I'm talking about where you're concerned. Just look straight ahead and smile and go, praise God. Yeah, Brother Keith, say it again. Somebody needs to hear that. One way I know some of these things is because I did, during that time of my life, I became very unhappy. I'm, I should have been happy, naturally speaking, but I wasn't. I began pressing into the Word, and I began to drawing near to God, and when you do, spiritual things become more real to you. Now, a lot of people backslide because of that. They begin to get close to God and begin to realize He's got a plan for them. He's got something he wants them to do, and they don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it, so they get cold, and they back off, and they won't pray, and they won't read their Bible, and they won't go to church. Why? Because when you do that, the the Lord's leadings get dull to you. His plan fades away, and people can get to the point where that doesn't bother them anymore. But friend, when you're like that, you've dulled and seared your conscience, and you couldn't hear God if he's talking to you through a megaphone. That's a bad place to be. But no matter how dull a person may have become, you can become sensitive again. But you got to draw near to him, and you got to be willing to hear, and you got to be willing to obey. And I got miserable, miserable, and I'm sure I wasn't fun for Phyllis, you know, for her to be around me. I mean, I I didn't get mean. I I don't mean I I, I did anything to her, but uh, I just wasn't fun to be around. And friend, that's not okay when you lose your joy. 
But thank God, I kept seeking him. And he began to deal with me. And I, out in the woods, sometime in the middle of the night, I'd go, Lord, what? What do you want? Well, see, I'm natural, so I'm wanting some kind of natural response. I'm wanting to hear a voice. I'm wanting to see something in the sky. I'm wanting to feel why? Because natural gravitates to the natural. This passage here goes on to talk about that the things of God are spiritually discerned. Not mentally discerned, not physically, not emotionally discerned, spiritually discerned. I sought him that way for months. If I said it once, I must have said it a thousand times. Lord, what? What do you want? Well, just tell me. Just talk to me. I'm wanting to hear a voice. Don't seek voices. Don't try to hear voices. Are you with me? Technically speaking, the witness is not a voice. What word do you keep seeing in connection with the word witness? No. You keep seeing that word come up. No. A knowing. A sense. A knowing that's not based on reasoning. A knowing that's supernatural. And a sense. Spiritual sense. A witness. An additional witness to your own heart. Something stronger than just yourself. I remember one thing the Lord told me during that time. I was in our little mobile home. In the middle of the night. For the nth time going. What God? What? What do you want? Would you just tell me? Talk to me. Talk to me. Lord, talk to me. Please just talk to me. I said it, I'm sure, too many times. Well, Lord, just talk to me. Finally, he spoke to my heart. And I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but to me it was definite. He said, son, I've said many things to you in the book, which you don't know. He said, find out what I've already said to you in the book. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. I got a revelation that day. I begin, and I begin to read this book in a different way. How many want the Lord to talk to you? Did you know he will talk to you anytime, anywhere? All you got to do is open this book up to any page and say, Lord, talk to me. And start reading. And he's talking to you. Amen. And, and the more you know his spirit through this book, then you'll recognize his spirit inside you and in any other way that he would communicate. Go with me, please, to the book of, uh, of uh, Luke. Luke. And the first chapter. Now, uh, Jesus said in talking to Nicodemus, in talking to him about being born again, he said, the, the wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell 
whence it comes and where it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. He moves like the wind. Similarities. And you can sense things in your spirit. Not, it's not intellectual. It's not reason. It's not feeling. It's not a voice that you hear with your ears. But you sense him. Everybody say sense. sense. Witness. Witness. Knowing. Knowing. And the reason why people don't get it is because they're, for one thing, not taught to even pay attention to what they get in their spirit. People are taught to train their heads. People are taught to develop their heads, their intellect, develop their bodies, but not their spirit. If you're head-led, you're not spirit-led. If you're feeling-led, reason-led, money-led, opportunity-led, all of these things, you'll not be spirit-led. But here's two words that helped me some years ago, and I want to share them with you today. Luke 1, are you there? Luke 1 and the third verse. Are you comfortable? Are you happy? Most of you are doing pretty good on this. A couple of you need to relax. Is that what you mean, Brother Keith? Because you're thinking... <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. You're not in faith. You got to believe you can get this. Just relax and get in faith and go, I'll get this. One reason you're going to get it because you're not going to quit. Right? You're going to stay with this. And, and if we say some things that you don't understand or it sounds strange to you, get the tape. Go over it again and again. And again, right? Just And if you keep coming here, we're going to talk to you about it some more. I'm not going to give up on you. God's not going to give up on you. You don't give up on you. And believe you can get it. Faith is a big factor. Revelation is connected to faith. In Romans, it talks about revelation that the... You know, the, the wisdom and the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Teach your children this. The big key to their intelligence and their ability to learn is their faith. Where the enemy gets in and people begin to be clouded is when a child begins to believe they can't get it. It's too hard for them. And be very wary of all these initial conditions. ADT, and many other such like things that have only of late have people supposedly found out about it. So much of it are hooks that the enemy can hang something on. When people label their children attention deficient, We had some people a while back and, and they came to us all concerned and, and upset. Their child had been labeled this and that. And I just knew in my spirit, I looked at them, I said, there's nothing wrong with that boy. Don't you say that again. There's nothing wrong with that boy. Going to start giving him drugs. 
Well, you know, three and four year olds don't just sit perfectly in a chair all the time. I reckon if our moms would have had drugs, they might have drugged us too. To keep from having, but they didn't know what all this stuff was, so they just had to be mamas and daddies. And take care of us. And deal with us. Beware. Listen, you hear what I'm saying? Beware of letting your children be labeled and calling them such things and making excuses why they can't learn. If they come to believe they can't get it, they will be mentally crippled. I've seen children who were super sharp and bright come to believe something was wrong with them and just start spiraling down. I've seen other children who had difficulty learning and were claimed to have this problem and dyslexia and this and attention deficiency and everything else. But they quit talking that stuff and they begin talking about they have mama'd look them in the eye and say, You have the mind of Christ. You can understand anything you need to understand. You're smart. You're sharp. You're quick. They begin to believe that. I said they begin to believe that. Their intelligence just begins to come up. See, learning is inseparable from faith. If you believe you can understand it, you can. If you believe it's too hard for you, you're too dumb to get it then that belief, that unbelief actually, dulls your understanding. It literally darkens you. You know, uh, I heard somebody say one time, they said, uh, studying in college, they said, oh man, I've been cramming, I've been cramming, I think I've got something in every cell of my, my brain, and there's no room to put anything else in. No, that's not even... Remotely accurate. You don't understand with your brain. You don't think with your brain. Your brain is simply the physical organ your mind functions through. If your brain was removed out of your skull, you'd still have your mind. You just couldn't express it in this physical realm. Your mind is unlimited in what you can learn, what you can understand, what you can remember. Your mind is unlimited. And do not believe these lies about dementia from aging. Do not believe it. You can be sharp as a whip at 103. You can remember everybody's names and All the dates you can remember. Don't you believe these lies? Don't you accept them because they'll cripple you? Well, Brother Keith, I'm 50 years old now. My memory ain't what it used to be. It's because you believe lies. Because you talked out with your mouth. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't talk this stuff. People laugh and they joke about, well, I guess I'm just getting older. It ain't funny. Don't talk this stuff. Did you hear me? It'll cripple you. It'll darken you. And you'll, you'll try to make excuses why it's that way. But it's because you've opened the door. 
And you've believed lies and you've let these things come in. Everybody said out loud, I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. We might as well say the rest of it, huh? I'm good looking. Very rich. And a major blessing. That's me. <laughs> quick. I get it. Amen. Anytime you're thrown into a situation, I had to, somebody came to me uh, some years ago and they were in their 50s, I guess, and they were looking at going back to school for some things. And they thought, Brother Keith, pray for me, man. I, I didn't do good when I was in high school. I was a poor student and I've been out of school all these years. And I'm supposed to go back with these 19-year-olds in college. And so, you know, I said, well, first of all, you got to quit talking that stuff. I took them to Isaiah, where the scripture said, he's made me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Amen. About the spirit of, of, of wisdom and understanding being on you. And I said, begin to talk this way. And I tell you what, in a matter of months, they came back. They said, I'm ahead of the young guys. They were getting it quicker. Why? If you believe you can and you say you anything simple, if you'll back up to the beginning, if you go to the, the primary principles of it. So uh, say it out loud. I can learn anything I need to learn. I can understand anything I need to understand. I can remember everything I need I want to remember. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil deceive you in these areas. Are you there in Luke 1? In the beginning of this portion of scripture, God used Dr. Luke to pen this and write this. And in Luke 1, 3, he tells us how he came to write this. Chapter 1, verse 3, Dr. Luke says, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you in order, most excellent Theophilus. And so he starts writing the wonderful account of the gospel we call Luke. How did he come to write this? How many believe the Holy Ghost led him? Wrote through him. Spoke through him. Was the man inspired? Oh, no question about that. Well then, I mean, something as, as much God as writing part of the Bible. Surely he probably heard an audible voice. Yay, Dr. Luke. You're the right part of the Bible. No, you'd have to add to the scripture to say he heard an audible voice about writing this. Well, certainly something as significant as this, he would have uh, maybe saw an angel or fell into a, a vision of some kind. And so you'd have to add to the Bible to say that he heard a voice or saw an angel or had a vision. We are told out of his own mouth why and how he came to write this. What? Why? Because it seemed good to do it. Did the Lord lead him through it seemed good? 
What is it? What does it seem good? What is that? Would that be a witness? Would that coincide with having a witness? Absolutely. It's, ask yourself this question. Where is your seamer? When you say, it seemed, when I say it seems good, I'm not talking about I figured it out in my head. I analyzed all the information and came to this brilliant assessment of the situation. You don't say it seemed good talking about that. We're not talking about what we felt. Man, I had a hot flash and then I had a cold flash and then I had goosebumps and boy, the hair stood up on my arms and my neck. And I, you, no, you say felt. I felt. He didn't say I felt. What did he say? It's seen. Where's your seamer? Where is your seamer? That's in your spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, the proverb said. Seems. Now notice, you'll find this language again and again. Go to the book of Acts. And the 15th chapter. This is not an isolated instance of this usage. Acts 15. Everybody say it seemed good. Where is your seamer? Not in your head. Not in your emotions. In your spirit. In your inner man. Seems Seemed good. Acts 15. And you know the story here. They have a big issue in the church about do the Gentile converts have to keep the law. And I mean there's a big uproar about this. And they, the leaders meet together and they talk about this and they pray about this. And they came to a conclusion. And in verse 28, they describe it. Acts 15, 28. What was their conclusion? These are the heads in leadership in the known church of the time. They're dealing with the biggest issues in the church. And how did they come to the conclusion? Did they say, we, ha- we heard a voice in our council. We saw a vision. An angel showed up. No, no. These things happen. But what did they say? Good. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost. And, and, can you see the co-witnessing? They had something in their spirit that seemed right. But then they were joined by the greater one. Amen. And he affirmed that. And it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. And they give them the directions that they send by messengers throughout all the known church and tell them what to do about the situation. Everybody say it seemed good. Seemed good. Back up just a few verses. and, And it says, verse 25, it seemed good. To us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. How did they pick who went? Seemed good. 
Seemed good. Wonder how you could make some decisions. Following your seamer. Right? You look at it, do I go this way or do I go that way? And as you look at this, you just don't have anything. But as you think about this, it just seems good to go this way. Well, don't try to hear voices. Don't try to get people to prophesy to you. Don't look for something else. That is the number one way he's going to lead you. By the witness. We have too many people seeking direction through prophecy nowadays. And we've got a lot of people messing up. I don't care who prophesies to you, friend. Check it out in your own spirit. Does it seem good what they're saying to you? Does it bear witness with you? I don't care if it's me. If I prophesy to you, I don't care who it is. Don't just blindly follow somebody's prophecy. They say, well, yeah, but they're a prophet. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Who said they were? But even if they are, prophets can miss it too. Did you hear me? Prophetesses can miss it too. Apostles can miss it. You're not just completely dependent on anybody else to tell you what is the will of God and the way of God for you. You have the guide inside. Amen. And if it is the Holy Ghost talking through them to you, you know him. He's in you too. And it'll bear witness with your spirit. And it'll seem good. And while you're hearing it, you'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing I've been getting in my spirit. Amen? Amen. And if it's not, I don't care who told you, don't do it. Don't blindly follow it. I've talked to people whose lives have been made a shamble by following prophecies. I've seen people didn't even know each other. And somebody prophesied they're supposed to get married. And they say, well, I don't know you. I don't even much like you. But hey, if that's what God says. <laughs> Lasted about a month. It's ridiculous. People blindly following prophecies. When we have the word of God. When we have the Holy Spirit inside. I believe in prophecy. I prophesy myself. The Lord deals with me. I'll prophesy to you. But I don't expect you to blindly follow it. I expect you to check it out, number one, by this book, and number two, by the witness that you yourself have inside. Amen? And if you look at me and say, well, Brother Keith, I don't know, that just don't bear witness with me. You know what I'll tell you? Fine. Follow what you get. Now, if somebody else doesn't tell you that, beware. If they say, hey, I'm a prophet, you better do what I say, then you better leave. It's time for you to go home. Aren't you glad we're having so much fun here this morning? It seemed good. Everybody say it seemed good. Seemed good. Seemed good. Look at the end of the 15th chapter here. Interesting situation here. You ever think about how these people knew how to be led and, and, and where to go and what to do in the days of the church. They were spirit led. We know that. We read about it. How did they get it though? In uh, the 34th verse, after these apostles had delivered their messages, 
It says, notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Now, the New King James says, it seemed good. Any, any of your modern translations have that? It seemed good for Silas to do what? Well, he's finished his ministry. He finished what they sent him to do. He doesn't live here. It's time for him to go back home. And the rest of the guys say, okay, we're loading up in the morning leaving. He said, you know, I'm going to stay a while. Why are you staying, Silas? What was his answer? I don't know. It just seems like I ought to stay a while. How many understand these are not just iffy examples? These are the best examples of being led, right? And look how this worked out. Silas is there, hanging around town, checking out the sights, going to services, eating in another restaurant. What are you doing here, Silas? I'm just hanging around. Don't feel released to go yet. Why? Just seems like I ought to hang around. No voices, no visions. Just seems like. And uh, Paul and Barnabas continued there, teaching and preaching the word of God. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go again and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of God. See how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Now you learn a lot about relationships and following God here. I've heard people say, well, you know, this is the one dark spot on the Apostle Paul's record because he refused to forgive Mark and take him back on the team. And so, Paul, we see Paul's humanity and his weakness. I completely disagree with that. I do not agree with that at all. Later on, we see him talk about Mark and tell them to bring Mark to him because he's profitable to him. But Mark had bailed in the middle of the worst time just a short time before that. And Paul didn't think it was right to bless somebody and use them in that, you know, for doing that. He thought he needed to stay home a little while and think about this. But his relative, Barnabas, determined to take with him John Mark, who was his relative. One translation says he was bent on it. It was his relative, and he is going. How many understand that's wrong? Especially when it's your relative, it's time for you to back off. Anyway, they went their separate ways. Well, now Paul requires another, some help in the ministry and on the traveling team. And guess who just happens to still be in town? Huh? What does it say? So Paul said... Hey, Silas, you want to go on a trip? And the Bible follows who? Paul and Silas. How are you always at the right place at the right time? How do you hook up with the right people and are available at the right time and situation? Because you follow your seamer. 
You don't have to see and feel. You don't have to hear voices. You don't have to have somebody prophesy to you. It just seems good to go this way. Seems good to be in these services. It seems good to go see these people. Seems good to pick up the phone and call them. Seems good to pray about this. Seems good to stay another day. How do you miss automobile accidents? Seems good to wait at home 15 more minutes. Seems good to go a day early. Did you hear me? Seems good to stay another day. Are you with me? Seem good. People over spectacularize the things of God. Brother Hagin used to say this, that many people are seeking after the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. Clamoring, trying to get somebody to prophesy to them, trying to hear a voice, trying to have a vision, and all the while got this witness inside them. The seeming, right there, if you just pay attention to it and follow it. Be at the right place, at the right time, again, and again, and again. Well, it just seems like I ought not do that. Why? I've had ministers get aggravated with me. They wanted me to hook up with them on some certain meeting or some certain project. And uh, they said, well, come on, Brother Keith, you know, will not you, you be one of the speakers and you do this and that. And, and I checked my heart and sometimes looked at it for a couple of weeks. And then I just, you know, they said, well, are you going to do it? And I said, well, no, no, y'all go ahead. Have a good one. Well, why aren't you doing it? Well, I just don't, you know, I don't have anything about doing it. Well, you don't like us? We all like you just fine. See, people, if they understood being led by the Spirit, you think they would know this. You, we don't have to have a reason. Well, you don't, you don't like us? Why won't you hook up? Well, I like you just fine. Don't, don't do that. I like you just wonderful. Well, then why won't you do it? I thought we were friends. Well, if you were, you wouldn't be pressuring me like this either. You'd want me to be led by the Spirit, right? Why, why are you not doing it? I don't have to know why. If I don't have a witness to do it, we're not going to do it. Oh, you'll save yourself untold problems. Don't let people pressure you into things that don't seem right to you. I know, I know it's quitting time, but friend, get this. The Spirit of God is talking now. Don't let people pressure you, including family members. Did you hear me? You go in home or somebody comes to you, brothers, sisters, relatives, I don't care who they are, and they start in on you, trying to get you to do something, trying to persuade you, and you don't have a witness to do it, don't give in to them. Did you hear me? Don't give in to them. That's how you miss God. They're talking, and all the while they're talking, you don't have a witness to do it. In fact, it don't seem right to you. Trust What you get in here. Trust the witness. Trust it. Trust it. Don't let people persuade you. Well, yeah, but I'm your brother. I'm your sister. Yeah, but we're family. You got to do something for family. You're supposed to be led with family just like you are with anybody. Did you hear me? Be led by the Spirit. If He don't lead you to do it, then you don't do it. Well, yeah, but they're looking to me. Don't let anybody make you their source. Don't let anybody put that kind of pressure on you. You're not their source. God is their source, just like He's your source. Right? If He deals with you to do it, you do it. 
Don't let people pressure you. I'm saying this because it's been going on and there's some other folk. It's going to come up in the next few weeks and months. People are going to corner you and they're going to try to get you to do something and you're not going to feel right about it inside. Don't do it. If you do it, it's going to cost you. And sometimes people, that they know they know it ain't right, but they thought, well, I'll just, I'll just go along to keep the peace, and I'll just do this, and I know it'll probably cost me something. No, it's going to cost you more than you think. You cannot afford this in any sense of the word. Don't give in. Smile. Don't you love me? Yeah, I love you. What's this got to do with me loving you? If people say, because you won't do this, you don't love me, they're telling you they don't love you. Oh, people do all kind of things to keep the peace. But at what price? And then there is no peace afterwards. I know I'm taking a little time, but listen, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying this. Don't give in. Don't let people pressure you. And in your heart, you know it's not right. You don't have a witness. Yeah, but so-and-so, they've all prayed about it. And they've all so-and-so prophesied to them. And we've all heard. And we're going to do it. I don't care. You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. And if you hadn't got it in your heart, maybe it's okay for them. But it's not okay for you. Just smile and go, hey, y'all do what God told you to do. But I, ha- I don't have it. So you're not going to do it with us? No, but I love you. Go ahead. If that's what God told you to do, be blessed. But but I don't have it. And if they start trying to make you do it or coerce you, you know it's a wrong spirit. The Holy Ghost is not a coercer. He's not a manipulator. He's not a forcer. He does not use pressure tactics. He gives you a prompting. The devil gives you pressure. Did you hear that? The devil is the one who pressures, pushes, just won't shut up, just push and push and push and push. You remember Samson, don't you? You remember how he lost the anointing? Remember how he lost his sight, lost his respect, lost his place? Why? Do you see how the enemy worked through Delilah? What? Just pressuring him. Oh, come on, come on. If you loved me, you'd tell me. If you don't love me, if you love me. When people start talking that way, walk away. They don't love you. Pulling on you. If you love me, I thought we're family. If you love me, you'd do this for me. I got to have this money. If you love me, you'd give me. We're family. You're supposed to do this for family. No, Your first obligation is to your God. Did you hear me? And you should do what he directs you to do. With your money, with your time, with your energies. You should be led by the Spirit with family just like with anybody. That's not always popular. It's not always comfortable. But this is how you are going to come out right. And be a blessing. The devil is using people. He's using people's relatives. He's using their children and grandchildren and relatives to rob them of their prosperity. 
Because they keep doing things and keep doing things. And in their heart they know they ought not be doing it. But it's, it's my boy. It's my girl. It's my brother. It's my sister. You got to stop it. If the Lord deals with you to do something, then you do that thing. But you don't do things because of pressure. Yeah, but if I don't do it, what will happen? They'll have to turn to God. Imagine that. Instead of you, they'll actually have to believe God. Amen. Well, we're having fun this morning, don't we? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In how many of your ways? Everything that goes on, I don't care who it is, they come start pulling on you. You say, hold up, hold up, I got to check with the Lord on that. Yeah, but I'm your brother. (laughs) Yeah, he's my God. That takes precedence, preeminence. Yeah, but I'm your child. Yeah, but he's my God. And you talk to him about it. In all your ways, all everything, acknowledge him. And what comes next? And he shall direct your paths. And how many knows if he's directing it, you're going to wind up at a good place. At the right place. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. You're not going to be robbed or stripped or destroyed if you stay with him. Hallelujah. I've had friends and family that's gotten mad at me before. I've taken my last $20 and given it to somebody I didn't know. And I've also taken people that I knew and turned them out of my house. (laughs) Why? Because I refuse to be led by feelings. Did you hear me? And love will do what people need, not just what they want you to do for them. And I've had people got so mad at me. But then later on they came back. And they realized I do love them. And I did the hard thing because I loved them. It would have been easier just to give in. Everybody say, I am spirit led. Not emotion led. Not feeling led. I am spirit led. In all my ways. I acknowledge him. And he. Directs. My paths. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge. You can become a word sender today. For more information visit our website at morelife.org.